hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Lab Sessions. In just a few moments, we're going to kick off the episode with Allie Kelly. We're going to talk about uh, human trafficking. It is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. We're launching the Lab Initiative. And my guest today, this is her work. This is her expertise. And it is through her work that we met a young woman in Brazil last year that we were able to help. God was uh, just brought to light her story, and she was able to be rescued. Allie is going to share her story. She's going to talk honestly about human trafficking. We're going to talk about sex trafficking. And so the episode, we we talk honestly, we talk openly, and she does share the story of uh, a young girl who personally was um, trapped in the tragedy of human trafficking. So I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, it might be something that if that's a, a tough subject or a sensitive subject for you to listen to this episode, you might want to just follow up with me and I can give you the details um, in an email. Um, but I want you to be aware that's the conversation today. We're going to talk openly and honestly about it. And you'll hear um, not graphic detail, but you are going to hear the the tough reality of human trafficking from the story of a, of a person who is working to rescue people who are in that um, tragedy of human trafficking. So that's what I wanted to share with you. I, I'm so grateful for Allie Kelly, and I can't wait for you to hear the episode. Welcome to Lab Sessions. I'm Zach Elliott. I love people, and I get to learn from some of the best. This show gives me a chance to invite you to join me in pursuit of more life and more beauty. Here's to that pursuit and to the conversations ahead. Hey, welcome to Lab Sessions. Thank you for joining me for our first conversation of 2021. It is January, and January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month and the launch of our 2021 Lab Initiative, which means year two in V3's strategic participation in the fight against human trafficking and our care for survivors. Together in 2020, we were able to provide help for law enforcement to have training here in Tampa Bay ahead of some of our large events, including the Super Bowl coming up. We were able to direct financial resources to care for survivors um, and, and help those who are ministering to those whose lives have been impacted by this tragic uh, human trafficking. And late in the year, in October of 2020, we were able to be a part of God's rescue of one precious life in Brazil. Well, today I have the honor of talking with the courageous woman who was pictured in a photograph through a doorway in Brazil. And it was the picture of her working in Brazil that opened the door for us to be a part of what God was doing to rescue that young girl trapped in a terrible situation. Allie Kelly is my guest today. She's originally from Brazil, where she worked as a, in South, Africa, or South America as a missionary with her husband in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and then in Brazil for 10 years, planting churches, working with social needs. Allie has two teenagers, and she now lives in my childhood home of Bend, Oregon. She's a public defender investigator and works on cases to help families find justice when they're going through sexual abuse crimes. Allie is the president of Justice, Compassion, and Hope, which is the sister organization of Hear the Cry Brazil, where she works as the founder and president protecting and preventing sex trafficking. Allie, thank you so much for kicking off 2021 and being a part of this important conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Zach. I'm glad to be here. 
Yeah, well, it's it truly is an honor. And as I mentioned, I saw you. We were introduced really through this photograph that a friend of mine who was with your team in Brazil took this picture. And it was that picture that opened the door for us knowing you and hearing about the incredible work you're doing. And uh, we'll get to that photograph. We'll talk a little bit about that moment back in October. But first, I want to just start in this in Brazil, in the region that you grew up in, and have you introduce us to that place and to a little bit of your story, because I find it remarkable that you started out in Brazil, and now you here, live here in the States, and yet you have returned to work back in that place. So take us back to Brazil growing up and, and just introduce us to your neighborhood and what it was like coming up. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, yes. I, like you said, I'm originally from Brazil. Um, um, I'm probably 45 years old, and I know that God um, has a great purpose for for this whole situation happen and for me to be back home helping those young little girls and little boys going through sex trafficking and sexual abuse or domestic violence. But um, as a survivor of situations like that, and I grew up in, um, in a poor area, but not as poor as where they are, but in an area that um, sometimes young kids should not be involved in some bad, bad situations. Um, when I grew up, I thought that, you know, life is so sad and then why things is happening, but God always whispering in my ear, so stay with me, daughter. I have a purpose for you bigger than you can imagine. So long story short, um, after my graduation in college, I had an opportunity to come to the United States to study and uh, I met my wonderful husband, Chris Kelly, and we got married. So after being a mission work for 10 years, um, and then when we came back to Brazil to, um, excuse me, to United States, um, I decided that I want God to use me to do something greater than I already did, serving him as a missionary. So I started to contact with few people related to, um, sex traffic, sex trafficking prevention here in Portland, Oregon. I serve on the uh, law enforcement as a volunteer in that area as advocate. And um, one day I God called me to go visit Brazil and I started in my local area is where my parents live right now. It's a very beautiful, is our Caribbean, is uh, the area of Fortaleza, Brazil. It's a very touristic and very beautiful. Uh, that's the area where I, I grew up. And when I got there, I knew God was calling me to give back to my um, people there. And I was the example for those little girls that God has a purpose in your life, even though when you think you're losing hope. So going back to Brazil was a way um, to say to them, don't lose hope. Don't, don't stop believing that God is with you, even though darkness is happening. So, yes, yeah, so Brazil is very important to me, and now I'm, I'm serving, giving people hope, the same hope that I received. Mm. For you, you said, you mentioned coming back here to the States, and that 
human trafficking was the issue that you felt God calling you to just take a step to do something. And now this is a part of the work you're doing as an investigator, uh, helping families find justice. What, what was it that, that made you or helped you realize that God was calling you to enter that fight to do something about human trafficking? That is um, a great question, Zach, because um, I started, um, I'm a self, I'm self-defense instructor as well, and um, I trained jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I was invited by one of the community colleges here, <clears throat> excuse me, in Portland area to uh, develop a curriculum helping young girls and young boys how to um, understand what is mental, emotional, and physical abuse really is. And then during this time of 11 weeks, I met a lot of young girls that were really involved in sex trafficking, and I got an opportunity to um, get involved with the FBI, working as a, um, a volunteer and helping and learning from them how to reach out to the community in situations like that. We call the FBI Citizen Academy. And I, I believe deeply God opened those doors for me to do my mission work as an undercover Christian. Mm-hmm. Because in a world where people don't want to hear anything about God, people don't care, and that they are in so much pain, and they think that everything's happening in the world is God's fault, I believed that that was my way to reach out to their hearts and represent God deeply. So um, I inquired all this uh, experience and learning, and I had a chance to meet young girls here in the United States that um, were involved in sex trafficking. So then I, um, I started helping them and working in the church and as an investigator now I have opportunity also to represent God to those broken families and bro- broken homes. And I just thinking I I just I still baffles me how much God can use someone that came from a such a small place to do something big and you cannot deny that everything that has happened in my life and things that happened with those people through hear the cry, true justice and compassion is God is a God thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad to be part of this and share my knowledge with other people. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to hear you tell that story and to think about it. You know, we just came out of the, the Advent season, the Christmas season, and this story of light entering the darkness in this really mm-hmm. humble and obscure way, this unexpected way. But I think that's always the way, and it's undeniable when light enters darkness. There is, there's a reality that that takes place, and and I think that sometimes we we miss that. And I hear that in your story that yeah. God God has equipped you f- to specifically be in these spaces that are really dark places, yeah. but just your presence there 
is that it yes. is it is him doing what he's always done, which is light entering the yes. darkness, and that's beautiful. What is the scope? You mentioned two different kind of organizations. You have Justice, Compassion, and Hope, and that's the sister mm-hmm. organization of Hear the Cry Brazil. Really quick right. for everybody who's listening, just help mm-hmm. them understand kind of the scope of the work that you're doing in Brazil. What is the work um, directly that you're engaged in day in and day out and that your team is doing? Yeah, uh, we, um, Justice and Compassion Hope is an organization uh, with its own 501c3 here in the United States that were created to work together as a sister organization with Hear the Cry in Brazil. Um, we had to um, have this organization here, which is also starting projects in the United States, helping young girls um, and young boys to get out of sex trafficking and go through the prevention. This is another thing that God has been opening the doors because originally just as in compassion and hope were, uh, was, um, created to work parallel with, uh, here the cry Brazil, right? Internationally. Mm-hmm. And uh, the focus was to have a way to send the donations and help and money to here the cry Brazil that is also have um, um, its own 501c3 and being legal there. So we need that um, partnership here in the United States. But through Brazil, look, listen, listen to this. This is just amazing. God is so great. Oh, praise the Lord. Through Brazil, because of here the cry Brazil, justice and compassion hope exists. And now we are starting projects to help people here. And I think the most beautiful thing is that and in Brazil, the need for that type of help is greater. It's, it's the sex trafficking, the statistics in that area is really big, especially because it's a touristic area and there is still a, a lot of poor areas in Brazil. And have in mind that Brazil is not a, a third world country like it used to be in the past, right? When I, the missionaries came to Brazil the first, um, in the 80s, we could call ourselves um, a third, third, third world country. But now we are trying really hard economically to get out of that world. And there is a lot of great things happening in Brazil, but poverty and corruption is still very predominant in Brazil. So when I went back to Brazil to help, to serve my Lord, my King, those girls there, now the project in Brazil is bouncing back to United States through Justice and Compassion Hope. Mm. So there's many survivors in Brazil that were involved, they, they they got involved with just um, uh, hear the cry through the work we are doing in Brazil. They now they want to come to America and help Americans to see the problem out there and how they can help here. It's just this beautiful thing: this uh, two countries helping each other. Now mm. it's not just one country helping, but the other country helping back. Right, it's giving back, and that this is my the reason why I leave. The, the reason why I'm involved in this project, because I'm giving back to my country and now the people that is giving back to my country because I am a proudly American citizen. So now people that want to come here and started the project. So in other projects here in the United States as well. So just as in compassion is a sister organization, um, twin sisters with Hear the Cry Brazil. And right now we have this amazing work that we are doing in the Northeast of Brazil, Fortaleza. 
And in the tiny little village, there is an, um, a lot of poverty still in the area. But that's why we are there, to help them, to give them hope, to give them tools to stand on their own. And God is just doing the work. He opened the doors and we cross the doors. That's what we do. Mm. It's a, That's kind of a perfect segue to talk about the doorway where I saw you um, crossing that door, you entering the door that God had opened. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I love that. The way that um, the need is not just in Brazil. You said this: the the need for survivor care, the need to rescue young boys and young girls who are trapped in in human trafficking. That exists in Brazil, and it's it's incredible that it's right here in our own backyard as well. And people are right starting. On. The conversation mm-hmm. is becoming more public. I, there's so much been done in the last few years by great organizations to bring this into the mm-hmm. light, and you're a part of doing that. And it's so mm-hmm. so important to keep talking about because, as you said, it is here as much as we need to be focusing in Brazil and doing those works. Right it's in yeah. our own backyard as well. But let's go to October of 2020 and the doorway mm-hmm. that you literally entered. Um, there's this, yeah. I can still, that that picture will never go away from my mind. I, I was going about my day and a friend of mine, a mutual friend sent this picture. I saw the picture of you inside a small, um, it, it, I would say apartment, but it was just really a, a one room place, struck concrete yeah. structure with a bare floor and mm-hmm. it, the picture is you, and next to you is this young girl. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't even describe how, just what I saw on her face, but so, it moved me to tears immediately. And something in that picture grabbed a hold of me and kind of pulled me in through the doorway to the moment that you were in. Can you take us to that room and to what you experienced and what was happening that day? Because I think you guys mm-hmm. were just delivering food and water that day, but something changed. Right. And I wondered if you could share a little bit of the story with us. Yes, yes. Thank you for asking. That was one of the most beautiful moments that we as a team uh, did together. Um, um, we normally, what we do every time I go to Brazil, I try to go every three months to be with my team there. And then we are in the field. Normally we bring some Americans and pastors and people that want to get involved in this work with us. So um, it was a beautiful, hot summer Brazil day. And one of the things, one of the things that we do when we are in that area, we take food, like, as you said, we take food and water. And before we do that, normally we visit with them, we talk to them, we give relationships before food, and we want them to know that we are uh, their friends, they can trust us, we are safe, we are not just trying to throw food for them and then looking good. So I think the primary part, um, the primary discovery of this whole situation is our mindset to build a relationship with the people in need. Mm. And then we were there doing what we always do, talking, we brought the food in, and this young girl that we met a, a while ago, and I knew her, but she was, according to her mom, she was sick. But um, this is when the Holy Spirit comes and whispers in your ear and says, oh, something's more than just being sick, right? Just being in a, in a little cold, right? 
and uh, everybody was getting ready to go. We were packing to go to the, to another house, and I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying, "Go back there. Is something happening to her?" Hmm. I could feel that her spirit was took her away that day. So mm. I told them, my team, hey guys, just stay, wait for me outside. I'm just coming back really quick and I'm going to have a conversation with the little girl just to have a quick prayer because that's what we also do. And uh, uh, we already finished our prayer, but I want to go back and pray again. And then I was there with her and then I said, hey, um, do you want to sit down? And then we can have this conversation. And then she said, oh, no, no, that's okay. I can't sit down. And then I thought, it, um, what, what would you really have? And then she said, oh, I'm having urinary infection, right? So then I thought, hmm, have in mind, I have a background recognizing when people being abused or raped. And that's my work, right? And I also, um, um, I have a lot of expertise in body language. And then every single sign of her, no verbal body language was talking to me, saying that something there that is not right. And I started to notice her arms were kind of burned, like kind of healing burning, mm. but it's still scabbing, but it's still inflamed. And the look feel, felt when I, lo- I looked like was cigarette burned. Mm. And then I was extremely concerned about it, but I don't, didn't want to go with a lot of details. But then I gently, because that's how we need to approach people when they're going through trauma like that. Gently, I was trying to have a, this conversation with her. And she, I asked him more why she could not sit. sit and I knew that uh, I told her normally uh, urinate infection does not cause people to not say this anything else. And uh, her mother started to describe that she was walking in a bike and uh, she hurt herself between her legs. And then I thought, oh, um, right, but you guys don't have a bike. So, um, how this is happening. So more they were giving to me, more I was reading and I was seeing they were lying and they were hiding something. So then I went straight to the question and I said, did someone abuse you, touch you, did anything to you? That's what I'm here for. And I just, I built that, listen to the Holy Spirit mm. and know when the Holy Spirit talks to you, you have this, Heat comes mm. from your body, and then you feel like everything gets super warm, and then you just have this power to speak. Mm. And sometimes your conscious mind keeping thinking, just hold back, stop it, don't, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. Mm-hmm. But I felt, just do it and ask, and then she opened up and she said what happened. The landlord that uh, the house where she was living, every time she was going clean the house, and at his place, he was raping her, and he's 15, 58, I think, and she's 16, right? And that day, um, a day before we arrived, he just raped her. So that's why he could and sodomize her. So that's why she couldn't see it well, and that's why she could move, and she was in bed. And then, um, then everything made sense. That picture came. Look at how amazing our God is. That picture happened when I was inside the house talking to her and I was doing my discovery as investigator, right? So I was using my talents and, um, um, and our friend took the picture from outside and he's a pastor as well. And then after when we got together and we started to talk about it, I shared with them what happened. He said, Ali, when you got back in, 
I felt the Holy Spirit telling me her, her spirit was taken from her. This little girl, something bad happened. Mm. And he doesn't speak Portuguese. Have in mind, he does not speak Portuguese. And, and he does not speak Spanish either. So oh. even though the two languages can be very similar. But that it, it, that's how God works. He speaks with us. And sometimes we don't stop. We don't stay still enough to listen to him. And that moment was one of those, stay still and listen to me. And we did. And then... Now we are here talking and uh, helping and blessing this young girl. So yeah, God is just that great. Believe me, he is that great. Yeah. Well, Allie, first, I just want to say this um, for everybody who's listening, all of us, I think, who just heard it and who have heard the story before, we just want to say thank you for your willingness to go into those dark places and I just, I, there's there's nothing greater, you know, I want to celebrate what God has done and is doing and who God is. He sets captives free, and, and that does not take place in abstraction. He inhabits us, and He sends us, and you went, and you were sent. But there's a sensitivity to His Spirit that you displayed that day, and I will never forget it again for the rest of my life, what was taking place mm-hmm. in that picture the fact that you had the sensitivity to his spirit to go back into the house and that you had the training and expertise to sit down next to her and to listen and to, to just follow that prompting of the spirit, not to be timid, but to, to ask a really hard question and to lean into mm. a really difficult thing. Your willingness to do that. I mean, that was a decision. I don't want to miss this, that Allie, you could have, left. You could have walked on. You could have said, I'll go back in 24 hours. I'll go back in a week. But you just obeyed God. And I pray, I just praise God for that. And for everybody who's listening, what happened because of Allie's boldness, her faithfulness, her sensitivity to the spirit, the work she's done all the, the in advance to build relationship, she went back into the house. The pastor outside captured a picture. That picture was shared that God opened our eyes to that picture. And, and for some reason, he shined a light in this young girl's story. And within a matter of, a few, I mean, hours, literally, he was already moving to rescue her. And so mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the backside of that a little bit for people who haven't heard this story. They don't know the good outcome. They're wondering, well, what happened? Um, yeah, let's let's help unfold that because it really is, that's a miracle as well, what God did next in yeah, just a matter yeah. of hours from this little girl, because of your faithfulness, her story came to light. It was brought into the light. And then God, mm. literally, he literally, through the work of your team, rescued her and removed her from yeah. that situation. Right. And oh my gosh, it, I, it, it is still amazing because every time when you see the rain and then uh, the water floats things and then things goes really bad when raining so much and it's dark outside, people get, oh, I, I'm scared of this, right? But then next day, the sun rises, and then the water goes down, and then you start to see what the beautiful work you need to get done or the reasons why that rain came, right? So I'm using this example um, because the, the, 
what happened with this young young girl was exactly a horrible storm that was in her life for years almost, right? Mm. Um, and then when the sun came out, um, was exactly this beautiful vision that God has something great um, for her and for others that will come after her because of her story. And that's the power of the story, right? Mm. Sometimes we so we have so much shame in the stories that we share mm. in our lives, the darkness that we live, because we think, I don't want nobody to know that. But when we share our darkness, first mm. of all, the, the devil gets really mad mm. because, you know, he's not winning. And second of all, we give the glory to the Lord, and then other people can be saved as well. Mm. So her story is such a beautiful story now because now she um thank you so much for all the people that donate and help and care and pray and was really there for her because of that picture look how powerful yes a picture speaks a picture speaks more than a million words right? yeah. <laughs> let me tell you that because we were able to take her um, we didn't have the money as um hear the cry yet at that moment to help her. And because of that, people felt that they want to help. And they did. They give the money, they give the resource, they call people that could help her. And we were able, um, um, our team in Brazil, um, I have to come back to the United States to do the work here. And they stay there in the field. And they were able, because of the donations that we received, to take her to the doctor, to take care of her gynecological situation, which was bad and that she needs to go to doctor and she didn't want to even be touched by a doctor which was very difficult and with that we need to have a counselor and um, a psychological treatment for her because those things walk together right so we were able to provide that for her then she worked to the doc she went to a gynecologist and she got in some medication and then um we find out she has diabetes and she was not taking her she didn't never took her diabetes and she was getting really sick so uh now she's in the medication for diabetes and she is having a good a nutritionist this is look how beautiful is this this story because some people when they find out about the story and they find out that we were involved uh, hear the cry we're helping her and uh, you here in america we're helping this young girl that you never saw in your life mm. right and then they there say i want to help too yeah. so this nutritionist to offer for free to give her consultation and help her because of her diabetes right so now we have the 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 principal of the school because she has to walk uh, over 10 miles to go to school. And so she quits to go to school because it was hard for her to walk. Mm. And now the principal from the school that now is partnered with Hear the Cry Brazil to help young kids that are not going to school anymore. So they are putting a team together to send school supplies and material for them to go back to school and study from home. So they don't have a computer, it's like our American kids. They they don't have online, they don't have a, a, a Wi-Fi. So we need to literally, physically take the material to the kids. And now we are doing that because this young girl, because she was the first one that we started to do it. And then this young girl is super excited to go back to school to learn how um, to go back to learn how to read and how to write 
and she's 16, and, right? And now, after all these things happen, and we are taking care of her, and we were able to remove her from where she was, and someone else said, hey, she can stay in our land now. So now she's in someone, else, someone else's land, not this guy's land, which keep her protect. And hopefully, not hopefully, we will, thank you, Lord, thank you all of you for your help. We will be able to build a house for her because we got a donation for that. Mm-hmm. We will build a house for her and her family, her mom and the brothers and sisters, little ones, and she will have a place to leave. So that's the power of our Lord. And now this young girl is smiling again. She's happy again. She um, is excited to leave because she wasn't before, mm-hmm. right? And she wants, and she wants to give back to her own community. Her convers- our conversation with her mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we said, I, I wish I could be a teacher because mm-hmm. I love to teach other people. Look at look how amazing this is, Zach. It's mm-hmm. just like it. And then because of her stories, other little girls mm-hmm. that may or may not have been involved in some situation like hers, they want to go back to school and they say, oh, I want to be like like this teacher. I want to be like this woman that gets here and give food, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, people are kind of crazy to say they want to do what I do, right? <laughs> That's what the, the little kids keep and say, I want to do what you do because what you do is so awesome and I want to do here. Mm. Yes, this mm. is all God's work. So, um, yeah, this is the beautiful things that happen in this young girl's life. In March, I'm going back there. I'll be there for 10 days and I'll be able to see her and talk to her, give her a hug and see what's going on and make plans for the future. Yeah, yeah. God is great. Praise God. I I just wish, I almost have a sense that all of us who are listening, I wish we could be in the same place now to just thank God and worship God and just cheer yeah. on what is happening. When we say the life and beauty of the gospel, this is what we're talking about. And so, again, just no one underestimate the power of being who God's created you to be. Allie living out her calling and being courageous and bold and faithful through the years to live out who God has created and called her to be. She bravely does that. She, as she says, crosses these door doorways, these thresholds that God opens for her, steps into that place. And today, all of us are a part of this conversation, and this young girl is smiling. Mm-hmm. There is, yeah. That is the gospel. This is what God does in setting captives free and restoring life where there has been death and beauty where there's been ashes. This is who God is. And we could keep, we could keep talking about it all day long. I'm just amazed at what God has done in this one story. And we think, well, that he did, this is an easy thing for God to do. Like if we will just, if we will just follow him and just live, you know, look to him, we say, look like him, look with him. We will see who and what and how he sees. And if we'll be brave enough and have faith enough to lean in, these are the stories that will just continue to be told and the smiles that will continue to happen on new kids' lives as their life is changed. So thank you for what you're doing. Talk to us a little bit about now the future. You know, we saw what happened with this young girl's story. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and she's not alone. There's others in this same area. And so you and your team are thinking about that neighborhood, thinking about that village and, and what's coming. What are some of the needs and what are some of the opportunities ahead that you are all now thinking about um, that we can be praying about, that people can can lean in and participate, mm-hmm. support, give to? Uh, what What's coming up as you look to that area? Yeah, that is an amazing question because I know God is preparing something amazing for 2021 and we live by faith and that's what um, we need to believe that the doors are going to be open. And right now we do, uh, we, before this whole situation with COVID happened, we were able to purchase, uh, 11 acres. Um, so we got a donation to build up to buy a land. And to build a community center, and uh, we already have a um, um, architect, and uh, we have a construction constructions uh, contractors um, offering to work with us and good, able to give us a good price. Uh, we have already our blueprint to build this community center, and this com- community center is going to have a healthcare facility because they don't have a hospitals in that area, right? We have just one hospital, and it's horrible so we need to have a little facility uh, a health center we we and that project we are going to build a community center to build a, a vocational professionals for the future because one of the things very important when you're asking rescuing kids um, young boys and girls from drugs and sex trafficking and sexual abuse, whatever situations, forever darkness they were before, we need to give something to them for them to see the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to teach them how to be sustainable because it's not it's not the right way for us to just give a bunch of money and then um, leave them not knowing right mm-hmm. what to do in the future. So that's I, I read this amazing book called When Help Hurts, mm-hmm. and uh, if that's so true. We need to equip them to grow and to serve themselves as, in, as a community and to generate some kind of resource from themselves. So what we are doing now in our plan is to try to build this community center where we can be prof- bring professionals to that center so then we can equip those young people to, in the future for them to find a job, like a hairstylist, like a chef. chef. We, in March, now, March, when we are going to visit them, we are going to have a, two um, um, business, two organizations in, in the city of Fortaleza. They're going to partner with us to teach some classes for those young kids. And that's what we need. We need to build this facility center uh, we have the, the land, but we don't have the place. So we need to do that. And also we, um, we believe deeply if we are able to build our own village and we have this, um, guy in the city that, uh, he has a lot of land, a lot of lots, and he wants to sell specifically for us, for here to cry Brazil. So because we are, we already built one house for someone, for another family. Uh, that was in a deep need, living in a mud house. And now we're going to build our second house with 
for this young girl that being um, survivor from this abuse. So we believe deeply if we are able to build our own village and we will be able to educate and influence the community to do great things for each other and for others and for the other villages around. So that is the goal. And that we, we have, um, um, that needed to build this community center and to start teaching them and to give them the dream, right? And one thing I, I want to share with you, Zach, and for everybody right now that's listening to me, um, God, has been using me, like you said, but I am just nobody, right? Mm -hmm. I am somebody in God's eyes, but Mm -hmm. I'm just nobody, really, right? And sometimes people can hear my story and can see the things that I'm doing. They can say, oh, you can do that because whatever reasons, right? No. Um, God can use anybody, like Mm -hmm. he did use Joseph in prison, Mm -hmm. right? Like he used... All or like he was a donkey to talk, right? <laughs> he can use people, he can use you and your deepest darkness mm. right here, right now in the United States of America to make the difference in someone else's life if you surrender yourself completely to him. And that's it. That's something I did. Uh, my desire is to leave a legacy of God's love behind mm. me. Mm. It's not about Ali, or it's not about here, the cry, Brazil, or just the compassion. It's about what God can do through all of us, mm-hmm. right? And that's why when you hear my voice, this super passionate statement, and of course, I'm talking fast here because I want to <laughs> say so much in a few minutes that I have with you. But th- this is it. It's just, it's not me or just you because you also do an amazing job with this podcast. But all of us can do that. People in prison, when I go to, to jail to visit people there, they find God in, the, in prison. They want to know what I'm doing in South America. Mm-hmm. They want to know how they can help. Mm-hmm. And they're still in prison. They're mm-hmm. still in jail. So that is this beauty, what we can do. So for here, the Cry Brazil, we have so many plans. We have a great need. We want to... Offer the people there the possibility to stand on their own. But truly, we want to implant in their hearts that they were born to be extraordinary. Mm. Not just ordinary people, extraordinary. And that goes for anybody in this world, Mm. right? Because that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. Mm. He died on the cross for us because we are extraordinary people, right? So um, right now, I'm, I'm inviting all of you that listen and come and visit us in Brazil and let's continue in this battle for the Lord and for the people because God loves his people deeply. Mm-hmm. And that's why he sent his son mm-hmm. for us. So, and for that, I'm happy. Yes. Amen. Amen. It is, it's so good to be in this conversation. I'm so glad everybody's getting to listen and to hear directly from you. And I think so many of us feel just like you, Allie. We go, well, I'm a, you know, we know we're somebody, we know we're extraordinary. And yet there's the tension and the reality that we're, we're nobody. Like in the, in the world's eyes, I'm, we're not, we don't own Amazon. We're not uh, somebody, yeah. maybe, maybe somebody who, maybe Jeff Bezos is listening to the podcast. If so, he'll, you know, please fund this community center. But, you know, right. the, the reality is we have what we have. And that philosophy yeah. that we talk about of bring what you have, five loaves, two fish. Don't think about what you don't have. There's, an, there's yes. an opportunity to say, I don't know, but here's what I have. And, and I'll just speak boldly. 
there are no coincidences. I heard Ambassador Andrew no. Young say that one time that coincidence is just the spirit of Jesus remaining anonymous. And so there's <laughs> they, no coincidence. There's no coincidence that we, for some reason, a young girl named Allie from a small place in Brazil grows up and she remains faithful and she chooses to simply say, God, I surrender my life. Just be glorified through my life. And it, and that it's just a simple prayer of surrender. She chooses to do that. And somehow, again, this is the mystery of God. And I want us to not miss it as we listen to this. This is the mystery. If you're listening to this podcast, somehow God is weaving all these stories together. And I don't know what he has planned for this area in Brazil. I don't no, know what he has planned for this young girl. But I do know this. I do know that I saw her picture. And I do know that I will never be the same and that there is a love that God poured into us and all of you who contributed and, and helped, you saw, you saw and felt the same thing, that there was some urgency yeah. of now. And I don't know why that is. I don't know who that girl is. I know that mm. God loves her. I know that he loves the kids and the people in that part of the world. And for some strange reason, we're all talking about it. And Allie and her right. team have been given this property. And the gap, I think we talked about it before, is $400,000 or something like that. There's, yes. So there's, there's this need. And we say numbers like that and we go, I, how's that possible? And we, this year right. in 2021, our goal is to raise $100,000 to contribute towards human trafficking and to fight human trafficking. And so right. that's just a starting place. Here's what I'm saying for everybody who's listening. Would you join us in praying yeah. for Hear the Cry Brazil. Would you join us in praying for that little area, for that one place, for that community center? $400,000, God has, no. there's no lack in the kingdom no. of God. And it's just, he will move that as surely as he did mm -hmm. in a few hours. The need was $10,000 to, to, yeah. to buy a home for this young girl. And in a right. matter of hours, he did that. I believe he's going to do that for the community center. I believe he's going to do that for the work in this area because he cares about his people. And, right. and he does hear the cries of his people. And so if you're listening, uh, I just, I'm sure you are having all sorts of thoughts, but number one, you matter, your life matters and God loves you. Mm -hmm. And as surely as he saw that young girl that day, he hears your cry. So if you're listening to this and you're going through something or even the pain of what she is going through, it might be your story as well. I want you to know that he hears you and he sees you and, and God sets captives free. And so, first of all, he cares about each one of us and he cares about you. Second, I want you to know that you do have a gift. You do have a part in his story to set captives free. And I don't know what that will look like, but I, I pray that we would take Allie up on her invitation to just say, what would it look like if I just said, I surrender my life and God, I just mm -hmm. want you to be glorified in and through me. What does that mean? And don't try to answer yeah. it for yourself. Just start asking, God, what would that look like? And then let's all just take the invitation to pray together for what God is going to do in 2021. Allie, before we wrap up, mm -hmm. just, yes. you know, you spend so much time with people who are uh, impacted by sexual abuse and human trafficking. Mm -hmm. That is our initiative. Lab, the lab initiative this year is focused on caring for survivors uh, in fighting human trafficking, reducing demand. Just just from your experience, what are the things that we need to be thinking about? All of us who are 
who are moved by this and we want to see an end to human trafficking. What are the most urgent issues right now um, in the fight against human trafficking? Where, where, how can people help? How can we pray? We, uh, that is an excellent question because the need is so, is so, so many things that we need to be watching and doing to prevent that. And one, one of the, one of those things is what we are doing right now is talking about it. The awareness of the, the sex trafficking and the human trafficking is, is real. Um, First of all, I'd like for all of you to pray for the people, the young boys and young girls that have been suffering the trauma and the abuse and um, from the sometimes their own parents selling them for um, for that type of darkness. And we, um, I was watching some things on the, the ministry in Brazil the other day saying that uh, one, an American tourist, unfortunately was American tourist. He went to Brazil to buy this young girl that was being sold by her own mother. And the police, thankfully, got the investigation going and they caught him at the door of the hotel when the mom was bringing this young girl. So I believe um, understanding that that type of thing are real and bring to light and it's, it's one of the most important things I believe and more we talk about it more we listen to this more we're going to be fighting the this evil that is destroying the dream of our kids mm-hmm. they stole from some of those kids the first chances they don't uh, they didn't if, the, those little kids that didn't have a chance to have a first chance Mm. But we wanted to give them a second chance. And for that, um, um, besides the prayers, we do need professionals that are willing to come and um, teach some professional um, um, vocational classes to those young kids. And like I said, building this community center is very, very important because we do have the professionals open and willing to help and teach those girls, but we don't have a location. So we don't have a place. We don't have a where to put those kids. And uh, yes, so that is a, a very important prayer. And when it comes about the preventing, um, we need to be bold enough to go and face evil, mm-hmm. right? And I invite all of you to not shy on their, any suspicious that you might have, because I know sometimes people get a little bit embarrassed. They say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to even raise any suspicions, but we have to. Yeah. Because that's the only way we're going to fight evil. So yeah. I, I could speak about what we need specifically for another hour. Yeah. But I think I'm going to leave those three important things here for all of you. Yeah, that's so good. And even just your invitation to talk about, to talk about the brokenness side of it, but to just open up of a new conversation about uh, sex and the right ordering of sex and the appetite right. for it in America. And there is a prop, mm. there, there is a healthy discussion that we need to have and we don't need to be ashamed of it. We don't, we need to be brave mm-hmm. about it because 
until we're talking about it, the layers of all the layers of power and pornography and greed and the financial aspects and the poverty, mm-hmm. all of these different things, um, we'll, we'll, we need to be able to pull the layers back, but it takes the bravery of having the conversation. And, and so thank you for doing that. Thanks for helping us do thank that. Thank you. Allie, we I, could... I appreciate it. Go, go ahead. Um, I was going to say um, one of the deepest reasons why I do what I do it's because I am a survivor of sex trafficking. I am a survivor. I'm not a survivor of sex trafficking because I was in a poverty like this young girl. I was, um, I am a survivor of sex trafficking from rich, very influenced people mm-hmm. in the society and took, uh, took a lot of shame and guilt for me, from me. And, um, so now I use that my story to mm-hmm. tell people that God can use you. And that, no, I'm not happy for the things that happened to me. And they still hurt when I talk about it. But every time I share my story to those young girls, the survivors, or to anyone else, I am telling the devil that he does not have power over me anymore mm-hmm. for the things that I did, for the things that happened. And I believe deeply we we all need to think that way because sometimes we hide our sins, our darkness, and we live in shame and guilt and we don't let God work inside of us and with us and through us because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think the moment I broke the chains and then I walked towards the light and allowing the world to know what happened to me, um, God just shined through this human being that I am and show his light. So yes, that's the one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about because I know healing can be happening. Um, recovering reconciliation can be done. So I invite all of you that been in situations like that, addictions or sad stories to not be shameful of it. If, like I said, if you surrender your life to God and know that he's the one inside of you, and then he's the one running everything, um, the doors will be open. Mm -hmm. So that's me here, giving the little that I have for all of you. Allie, it's extraordinary just to share the time with you, but to have you be just open and honest and and courageous to step into the light to to kind of we always say light says to the darkness i beg to differ and that's what you have done with your whole life of just saying i beg to differ shame is not going to be the final word and and every time you do that you just did it in this moment when anything is brought into the light it just darkness has no power and so I thank you for just your honesty, your willingness to talk honestly with us and to share your perspective and for who you are. Just, I saw it in that photograph in that doorway that, and I, and I thought whoever that person is that went back, I didn't know you at the time, but I said, whoever that was that had the sensitivity to the spirit to say something else is going on and they went back, they are a hero. They are a true hero. And so it's an honor to get to, to spend time with you. For everybody listening, 
we started out saying 2021 is uh, our lab initiative is focused on human trafficking. And our goal this year is to fight human trafficking, to care for survivors, to, to help prevention efforts and to reduce demand. And so we will yeah. be, you know, our goal, we set a goal of $100,000. My prayer is that it's millions and that people, yeah. lis- people listening to this even today would say, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring what I have, my five loaves and two fish. And so if you want to do that, you can go to our website and and find the lab initiative. We'll be talking about it all year, year long, so you'll hear it. But Ali, for your work specifically in Brazil and Hear the Cry and for the work that of your sister organization, how can people contact you directly? If they want more information, if they want to talk more about the community center or participate directly with you and your team, how can people get in touch with you? We, uh, we have our website, um, www.justiceandcompassionhope. And then also you can go to Hear the Cry Brazil, and there, um, uh, there is a um, place where you can make any donations um, there. Um, also, you can contact me directly, and then I can, um, Zach, you could share my phone number if you feel like with people that contact you directly asking about, um, so about how they can help. But yes, we do have a a, um, bank account open specifically for that purpose to help young girls and young boys for that and and that situation. So then we can send the money to Brazil. So this is on the bank account in Justice and Compassion Hope. So, um, yeah. So I, like I said, um, if anybody wants to also contact me, send me an email Ali at Ali, A-L-L-E-Y, uh, like a dark alley, like alley, uh, at, uh, hearthecry.org. So, um, yeah, you can send me an email and we can talk more about it. And if you have any questions and doubts and, and want to be part of, part with one of our trips that we are planning, please feel free to contact us for that. I love it. Well, we're, you have a partner in us, V3, in our lab Thank initiative. You. you know, we've identified these projects that God's brought to us. So in 2021, for sure, we'll, we'll be bringing what we have, our five loaves and two fish, to, to continue helping the, the young girl that we've already started helping and then to, to do more. And we can't right. wait to do that. And so thank you, Allie Kelly, for sharing thank the you. time with us. And I just have yeah. my suspicion there is no coincidence. And so I feel like we're going to put a <laughs> comma and we'll probably be hearing more as we go forward. Yeah. But until then, um, you truly are a hero. We're grateful for your humility and your honesty in yeah. the work you're doing around the world. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here with us. And I truly appreciate you and what you do and the work and the love that all of you have has for the Lord. And let, you are the ones now listening to the Holy Spirit. And that brings tears to my eyes. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. And thank you, Zach, again. Um, you and your team are is super amazing as well. Thank you for listening. Make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Lab the Podcast. You can rate and review us there. And then follow me at Zach J. Elliott or on my website, www.zachjelliot.com. I'll see you again for our next Lab session. And until then, here's to more life and more beauty.